Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing all right? Hey, my name's TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us this morning as we're continuing this series called The Tipping Point. We've been talking about how do we tip the scales of God's favor in our lives? How do we make sure that we're on the right end of that? And so it's been a, it's been a fun couple weeks. If you've missed the last couple weeks, I want to encourage you to go back, go to our website. You can watch the services online or you can go to, to iTunes and, and download the podcast. We'd love for you to catch up and be a part of this series. I think it's going to be very, very influential for your life. And we've been talking a lot about finances. Today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be talking about how do we tip the scale in, in some areas of our lives today that I think that we're all facing. Because this is what I know about all of us, because it's something that I face in my life, is that if you're alive and breathing today, you probably are facing some problems in life. Can, is anybody out there facing some problems in life? you got some difficulties? The vast majority of us, man, we've got some problems that we're facing. And problems are just a reality. If you're going to go through life, you're going to have some problems at some point in time. Now, the good news is, is that today is, is a good day because we're going we're gonna to help you identify some of those problems because today is one of those days in school that every kid hated. And that is, today is test day. Yay. Everybody loves test day. How many of you guys love taking tests when you were in school? Like, there's one person that raised their hands. Yeah, most of us, we did not like tests. How many of you guys were good test takers? Good test, oh man, a lot of smart people in this audience. How many of y'all were, were dumb like me and you weren't a good test taker? Yeah, all the ADHD, all those kind of crazy people like, we, like me, we all stayed together. Like, tests were hard. But the cool thing about school is, is that you at least knew when test day was, didn't you? The fact that the teacher would walk in and write it on the board and you would be sitting in a desk that was a little bit bigger than this when I remembered in school. Um, but you knew it was test day. Like you knew what was coming at you for that day. You knew that it was going to be a hard day. And, and I don't know if you're like me, but I was the kind of person when test day rolled up, like I was the arrogant dude, like I thought, like I'm going to dominate this test. I'm a smart joker. And then I get in there and look at the first question and go like, I don't have a clue what this test is talking about. Anybody feel me on that? Then there's the other spectrum of all the smart people that raise their hand. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do very good on this test. I'm so worried about it. And then they get like a 98 and make you look stupid. But it's test day. And at least you knew it was test day. The thing that I fear is that a lot of us are going through tests right now, but we don't have any clue that it's test day in our life. We're facing some difficulties. We're facing some hardships right now, and we don't even know we're facing them. See, the day that you declare, uh, I'm going to go start a business, it becomes test day for you. The day that you declare, man, I'm going to begin this family life, it becomes test day for you. The day that you're going to have kids, you declare you're in trouble. The day that you declare, I'm going to follow Jesus, it becomes test day for you. And whether you like it or not, it's like all of a sudden we have all these difficulties. We have all these financial problems coming our way. We have all these relational difficulties. You're like, I haven't even started yet. I just made a declaration. And all of a sudden, test day is upon us. I remember the day that Shayla and I decided that we were going to move to South Florida and start a church. I remember moving here. We moved here in June 
1st of 2009. That was a long time ago. Seems like decades ago. And, and I remember moving here and we just had this incredible vision of, of what church could be. Like we were like, man, we're going we're gonna to build this incredible church and people are going to come and they're going to come to know Jesus and it's going to be awesome. And people are just going to like flock to us. And, and then we move here and we know no one and no one's flocking. And so what do you do? Like, uh, man, I, you got a test in front of you. And, and I remember just going, well, I, I, door to door is kind of creepy. So like lots of people go to Starbucks at the promenade. I can remember going, Shayla, I'm going to go to Starbucks at the promenade every day. And I would go and I would sit down at the end of the counter where they serve you your drinks, where you go to stand at the end of the line. And like you're just ready to go. And I was the guy that would sit there and start asking you questions. You're like, I hate that guy. That was me. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? What do you, what's your day look like? What do you do for a living? I'm just asking all these questions because I'm just hoping that you'll be nice enough to, to ask me the question, what do I do? You know, like, have you ever asked those questions and get something back? Like, I'm just trying to manipulate people, okay? That's all I was doing, just admitting it right here. And so I'm, I'm just hoping they'll ask me what I'm doing so I can go, man, I'm planning a church. And they'd go, planning a church? What's that? Well, I, I'm starting a church. Cool, where do you meet? Right now we meet in my mind, you know, because we don't, <laughs> we don't really have anything right now. Well, well, what's your youth program look like? I would, well, that, again, that's up here. It's, it's awesome up here, but like what time are your services? Uh, we don't have any services yet. And, and, and as I start, well, tell me more about your church. As I would start telling them, you just see them starting to back away with their coffee. And tell the next person in line, call later, call later. You know, they're just difficult times. The test had just begun. Listen, you and I, right now we are in a test. We are facing some trials in our lives. And the Bible tells us to consider it pure joy when you face trials. Because the testing of your faith, the testing in your life is going to produce something in you. And the good news is, is not every day is a test day for you. But when you realize that you're in the middle of a test, like that day is going to become a monumental day in your year. Because that's going to be a day that you look back and go, man, that's the day that I moved on. That's the day where God did something amazing in my life. And I don't know about you, but I was always the person when it came to test day, I like to procrastinate. I'm going to put that junk off as long as possible. We're not going to study to the last second. Like most of you out there as well. But instead of pushing it off, what if we realize that tests are really the way to God's will for our life? And today, we're going to be talking about the tests of life, and we're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 22. If you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn there. And we're going to be looking at the story of Abraham, and I believe out of the story of Abraham, we're going to see six principles that will help us in the tests that you and I are facing in our lives. In fact, if you're taking notes, the first fill in the blank is this, the obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. The very thing that you're trying to avoid right now in your life is the direct route to God's will for your life. Some of you need to hear that again. The very thing that you're trying to avoid in your life right now is the very will of God for your life. 
And so some of you right now, you're, you're going through a, a trial and you're like, why is this happening to me? And you got to understand, this is what happens when you're in a test. Look at Joshua. He crosses the Jordan River. He's got the promised land promise. And what does he run into? He runs into Jericho. Jericho is his test. It is his battle. We've all got a battle to fight. God wants us to overcome before we get our promise. And for some of us, we've got some battles that are coming in our life, and we've got to face those battles because we don't have any choice. Right now, you might be facing a moral problem in your life, and if you don't face that problem, it is going to eat your life up, and you've got to face it today. Some of you are facing a financial problem right now. You're, it's a battle that you're in, and you have got to take it head on, or you're going to end up next month with more month than there is money. Whatever battle you're facing today, take it Head on, because you have no choice, and it's test day, and you can't get around the test. Because the test is in your way, because the obstacle is your way. Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse 1, it says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. So some of you guys are like, well, God doesn't test. Well, right there it says God tested Abraham. So God does test. He puts some tests in our lives at times. He said to Abraham, Abraham. Here am I, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. So I, I can imagine Abraham, he's sitting there, and, and all of a sudden he hears this, and he's like, man, God, you're so funny, man. You're not really serious about this. I mean, you don't really want me to take my one and only son and sacrifice him. I mean, like, listen, God, you've given me a promise that my offspring are going to fill the earth. They're going to be as numerous as the sand on the seas. And so my offspring consists of, like, one at this point. And so there's no way you would ask me to give that one to you, God, like, there's just no way. And God's like, uh, that's exactly what I want you to do, Abraham. Did I stutter, dude? Isn't it funny that God will continually ask you and I to give back what he's already given to us? Think about everything that God has given you in your life, and he's always asking you to, to give those things back. And I think it's interesting because in our lives, a lot of us, we have these great visions for our life. We have these great dreams for our life. We have plans for our life. And at some point, we get so exasperated in those moments. We get so frustrated in those times that we just throw up our hands and we go, God, man, this is all yours. Would you take this? And God's like, it's been mine all along. So many of us, when God gives us those things, we just grab it from him and we say, hey, God, thanks for the vision. I've got it from here. And we, and we try to make it happen. And then in our frustration, we come to the realization that God is in complete and total control only when we find out that our way doesn't work. Listen, we can have all the tools in the world. We can have all the gifts and the talents in the world, but if we're missing the key component, which is the power and presence of God, then we're always going to fail. It's why there's people that have a whole lot less than you are accomplishing a whole lot more than you. Because while you have more gifts and you have more talents, you don't have more power and more presence. And see, more power and more presence of God is going to dictate and determine the success and the victory in those moments.
That's why we have to continually be seeking after God. It's why we continually have to be faithful to what God has said. Because that's going to get you where you need to go. I think it's interesting. God says, why don't you go to the land and then I'll show you the land. He says, why don't you start going? Why don't you start doing something? And then I'll show you exactly what you need. In fact, right now in your outline, I, I, I left a little blank there. And it says this. It says, what is your test? Right now, I want you to write down the test or the trial that you're facing in life. I think it's important for you to do this because I think it's really difficult to pass a test that you haven't identified in your life. How can you pass something you don't even know you're going through until you identify the very problem that you're facing. And so maybe your test right now is a financial test. And God's been challenging you over the last couple of weeks. Will you trust me with the first? And it's time for you to go, man, I'm ready to pass that test. Maybe your test right now is with your kids and they're, they're running off. And, and your test is, man, I'm, I need to train them up in the way they shall go. Will I confront the issues that are there? Whatever your test is, identify it right now. Because the reality is, is we all have tests, but we have got to identify them. Maybe your test right now is sitting right next to you. I understand if you don't want to identify that one so they can see it, okay? Check out what happens. Verse 3. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. So check this out. He gets up early to go kill his son. What kind of faith does it take for you to get up early to go face the hardest test you're ever going to face in your life? God speaks to you about doing something, and you jump right on it. You're in prayer this afternoon, and you're like, man, God, I'm going to spend some time with you. And, and all of a sudden, God brings up a relationship right now that you need to go have a conversation with. And, and so you, you, God just ends right there. He just doesn't talk anymore. And so you know, man, I need to go confront that person. What do we do a lot of times? We go, man, I better pray about that some more, right? That's our response. Man, I better go pray about the very thing that God has told me in prayer. That's crazy. That's like going to the store and you feel like, oh man, I should go witness to that person. I'm going to pray and ask God, God, should I go witness to them? And God's like, no, I want them to go to hell. Seriously? Why are we praying about something we know that we're supposed to do? Continues on, it says, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. So he's, he's going and all of a sudden he sees it. And now, get this, get this. Abraham is 120 years old. How many of y'all know that that's old? He's about to push up daisies in most of our lives. And this guy has traveled for three days. Not only has he traveled, but he got up early and he cut wood and he prepared his servants. And this distance that he's traveled is about 50 miles. That's like 17 miles a day. Some of y'all are like, I can barely walk a mile. This 120-year-old's walking 17 miles a day to get to this place. It says, he said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. 
So Abraham, he's carrying this stuff. And I think it's really interesting because it says he's carrying fire and he's carrying a knife. He's, he's doing some work there and he's, he's keeping this idea before him that, man, what the vision that God has given you for your life, the dream that God has given you for the life, the destiny that he has for your life, that is the fire in your life and you have got to keep that fire going. Nobody else can keep your fire stoked in your life but you. Some of you guys are waiting for church to stoke your fire. It's not the church's job to stoke your fire. You're waiting for your friend to stoke your fire. You know whose job it is to keep the fire? It's your job. It's your job to keep the fire. And if you aren't carrying the fire in your life, then everything in your life is waiting on you. And so he's doing work right here. And what that means for every single one of us in here is, is that, number two, you better work your butt off or you're going to settle in life. You better work your butt off or you're going to settle in life. And so many of us, we just want God to miraculously show up in our life. Isn't that what most of us want? I know I want that. Man, God, I want you to come and just miraculously eradicate all of the debt in my life. That's, what, that's a prayer that we'll pray, and, and God's like, well, here you go. Here's what, how I'm going to help you do that. Why don't you go get a job or two or three, and I'll help you do that. Ooh, now we're talking truth right now. But you're like, no, 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 God. I just want you to take care of it, and God can do that, but he's giving you some gifts too. I just want the miracle. Well, if that's the case, when you leave church today and you go to eat and and you get to your restaurant, they set the food down in front of you. Put your hands to the side. Just open up your mouth and go, God, just feed me then. Because that's what so many of us are doing. We're going, God, why don't you just feed me? And God's going, I gave you two hands. I gave you two feet. Why don't you pick up a fork and put it in your mouth? We seem to forget that it takes work. It takes work. Everybody wants success in life. Everybody wants success in their relationship, but nobody wants to go do the work to have a successful relationship. They don't want to go read the books. They don't want to go to the counseling. They don't want to, they don't want to go to the, to the seminars. They don't want to do the things that are necessary to have a great relationship. Everybody wants to have a business that's blowing up, but nobody wants to go pound the pavement like the guy that does have the business that's blowing up. Everybody wants the faith of Abraham, but nobody will go sacrifice their son like Abraham did. We all want the results. We just don't want the work ethic that goes with the results. And so here's what happens for all of us is when we go and we put in the work, you know what will happen? God will bless that. That's where God blesses, because here's what I know, is that every single one of us, we have a vision for our life, and it's over here, and it's, it's amazing, it's awesome, it's dynamic, and then, and then there's this spot where you are here. This is where you are in life. You're right here. It's kind of like at those malls, you know, where you walk in, and they got, they got the entire outlook of the mall, and they have a little dot, and you're like, oh my gosh, they know exactly where I am. And you take off and you run to the other side of the mall and you look at it there and it goes, there I am again. How does it know? 
So you're here, and you go, God, I just want you to show up and miraculously get me over there to the vision. And God's going, that's cool, but why don't you just take the first step that I gave you to get to the vision? Why don't you just do something? Well, I don't know what to do. You do know to do something. Like, I know i got to preach next week, so I better prepare a message. I might not know what six months is from now, but I know next week i got to do a message. So why don't you do what you can do and do everything that you can do and then let God do what only he can do? Reminds me of this college student that was going into her final test in one of her classes and she wasn't very prepared for it and she made an appointment with her professor and went to the professor's office and shut the door and walked over and turned down the blinds and sat down in front of him and says, Professor, I, I need to pass this test. And I'm willing to do anything to pass this test, Professor. And Professor just kind of sits back and goes, so you'll do anything? She goes, Professor, I will do anything. And he leans a little bit forward and he says, are you sure you'll do anything? And she leans in and puts her hand on his knee and she goes, Professor, I will do anything. And he leans in a little bit further and says, well then, will you study? Seriously, will you study? Isn't it amazing that the one thing that we should do is the one thing that we won't do in life? Why is that? Why is it the very thing that we need to be doing? We're ignoring that thing and we're waiting for God to do the miraculous when we're just not facing the issue that's right in front of us. What are we so scared about? What are we so overwhelmed about that we won't do that thing? We just got to realize we have got to work our butt off or what's going to happen is we are going to settle in life. Continuing on in verse 6, it says, As the two of them walked, to get, walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, We have the fire and the wood, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? I'm sure Isaac's looking around and he's going like, listen, wood, fire. There's a missing component right here. Like, uh, w dad, like sheep, seriously? Because uh, the only thing that can, can die here right now is me. I, and I don't really like those odds. And so he goes, this is why Abraham answered. He goes, God will provide. Church, we need to learn that response right now. Some of us we're facing some things right now. We're facing some difficulty with our children. And we're wondering, man, God, what is going to happen? And God is saying, God will provide. Some of us are facing some financial difficulties. And we're going, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And we've got to remember that God will provide. And that response right there is a response into the unknown. And that's exactly what faith is. He says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. Here's what we need to know. If you can figure it out on your own, you don't need God. Abraham didn't have the answers right there. He didn't know what the answer was, but he knew that God would provide. He didn't have the answer, so he says, God will provide. Provide. And see, in every plan, 
There is a space where you do everything that you can do. And it gets to this point as you're doing that, that there is a gap between everything that you can do and the vision. And this is where the miracle happens. This is where God shows up and does what only he can do. And so many times, we're wanting God to show up on the front end and do the miracle. And God is saying, you do everything you can do, and then I'll show up and do what only I can do in that moment. And what we forget is that God is in the miracle-making business. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's his MO. That's how he's always operated. He's just waiting to do the miracle in your life. He's waiting for you to exhaust all your options and put yourself in a position where when God shows up, he gets all the glory and the credit. Listen, if you can do it on your own, that isn't a vision big enough for God. If you got it figured out, that isn't the vision that God has for you because he wants to get the glory. He wants to get the credit. He wants to show up and provide the miracle. You just got to position yourself to be the miracle receiver. And some of us, we're, we're facing some problems right now. We are facing some difficulties. And, and our problem, our test seems overwhelming. Well, I've got some incredible, incredible news for you today. See, the incredible news is, is that while the test that you're facing is overwhelming, while the test that you're facing has, has problems that you don't have answers to right now in and of yourself, every test that God gives is an open book test. Can I get an amen? It's an open book test. This isn't a test where you got to go figure it out on your own. You want to know why? Because God has already given us all the answers to all the questions we already have. See, any situation that you're facing today, there is an answer in this book. The problem is, is we're running to Dr. Phil, we're running to Oprah, we're running to, to Susie over there that doesn't have a clue about relationships, and we're trying to get our relationship fixed from those jokers when the, the master of relationships is right here. And he's saying, man, if you'll come get a word from my word, you'll get everything you need. You'll have everything you need. The problem is, is that most of us aren't listening. And we need to make God's word, his word that was written to us. Listen, no matter what you're facing, there's a story in here. There's somebody that went through it, and they can give you the pathway to overcome your circumstances if you would just seek it out. If you just listen to what he's already said. Continue on, verse 9. It says, when they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now, this, this is interesting because Isaac, historians say, is somewhere between the ages of like 18 and 30 years old. Uh, Isaac is not a little boy. Like, this isn't a little infant that he's laying on the altar. This is a grown man. And I think it's interesting that Isaac surrenders himself on that altar that altar, and that just sounds a whole lot like the Bible, that we need to choose to lay down our things to God. It says, then he reached out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. Think about this for a moment. Think about Abraham in this moment. He's been given a promise that he will have a child, and they will be, they will end up populating the entire earth. 
And he's got one son, and God asks him for it. One. He's brought Isaac all this way, and he's built this altar with wood. He's got the fire sitting over here on the side. He's got Isaac bound up on the altar, and he's making his way to it. He can't drop the knife any more times, you know what I'm saying, to stall. Because you all know we do some stall tactics when we don't really want to, like we're dragging our feet, trying to get it, like, God, will you say something else? I'm just hoping to hear you. Come on, ears. You know, like we're just... And he's before his son, and he's got the knife. And he's got the knife over his son, ready to go. Just think about the fact, this entire time, God has not spoken. He just hasn't spoken. Some of you guys, you're facing some things right now, and you're going, God, where are you? It seems like you're so silent. Like, why aren't you talking to me? Guys, have you forgotten? The teacher is always silent during the test. Listen, if God is silent in your life right now, that means God is testing your life right now. He's always silent in the test. And we're crying out to God for answers that he's already given us. We're crying out to God for steps that he's already given us. And he's saying, we're saying, God, God, please do these things. And, and we're asking God, in essence, to bless our laziness. And let me just tell you something. God is not going to bless your laziness. He's waiting for you to do everything that you can do until you've exhausted everything that he's given you. Then he shows up. Then and only then does he show up. And do what only he can do. And he's waiting on you. It says in verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And I love this part because God, God is literally like, Abraham is ready to murder his son. And he's like, he's like, whoa, 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 hold up, dude, you're crazy. Like, I th- that's how I think God is reacting in heaven. He's like, dude, like, you need to chill out. Like, I, don't, I, I realize you're being obedient, but you're like a little over-obedient, you know? And Like, isn't that so awesome that, that like God had to stop Abraham's over-obedience? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be amazing if God had to step into our lives because we were being so over-obedient, trying to do more than enough for God, that God's like, whoa, 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 slow down, TJ, you're doing a little bit too much for me. Let me take some credit here, you know? Or maybe you're a parent and, and your kids are supposed to clean up and you wake up and your, your kid walks into your room and goes, hey, mom and dad, like I knew I was supposed to clean up, but I didn't really know which room to clean up, so I just cleaned the entire house, hope that's okay. <laughs> Pass out, you know, mom, dad, you okay, you know. Like wouldn't it be amazing to be caught over obeying God? Isn't that the goal? Because it's in that moment of faith where God provides. It's in the moment of faith. It's not a moment later. It's not a moment sooner. It's in that moment. And maybe for you today, today might be your moment. You know what that moment is? You know what that moment of faith is? It's where you get to this place where you go, I surrender. God, I surrender control. This isn't my baby. This isn't my dream. This isn't my hopes. These aren't my goals, God. These are your goals. And and why do we have to wait to the point where we're exasperated to give it to God? God's saying, why don't you just give it to me from day one? 
Why don't you just say, this is all yours. I'm going to do everything I can do, but I'm going to do it with an open hand where you can take complete control at any time. Continuing on in verse 11, it says, But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham replies, here am I. Which if you were to go back and look at that translation, it, it literally goes, whatever you want. That's his response to God. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. And he replied, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. You need to underline that. Now I know that you fear God because that right there is how you pass the test. The test was never about your problem. The test was about your trust in God in the situation. It's always been about, God, will I trust you right now? It's never really been about what you've been going through because God is not overwhelmed by your situation. I know you're overwhelmed by your situation. I know you're frustrated by your situation. You're going, God, where am I going to get the money this month? I don't know. I'm going to pay all my bills. And all of a sudden, God in heaven is like, oh, my gosh, how are they going to pay their bills? I've never seen any money. Where are we going to find money? Like, God is not freaking out about that. Like, he's not wondering where you're, that's going to come from. And we're so panicked in those moments. But listen, he knew your problem before it was ever a problem. He knew the answer to your problem before you ever knew it was a problem. And the only thing that's holding up the answers from heaven is your surrender. See, I believe that God's sitting up in heaven and he's watching you face your test today. And some of us, we're ignoring the test and some of us are just in the middle of the heat of the battle of it. And he's, he's just watching and he's like, man, I've got this incredible blessing. And the angels are like, should we send it down? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold up, hold up. Like, they got to get to the point. Are they there yet? And finally, you get fed up enough where you, where you go to your room and you grab your Bible that's been sitting on your shelf for six months. Wipe the dust off of it. And you open it up and you start reading. And he goes, whoa, man, it's getting close. It's getting close. And then you take out your journal and you start writing some things to God. And all of a sudden you get down on your knees and you throw your hands up and go, God, this is yours. And he goes, man, they got it. Send the blessing. And for so many of us, we think the test is a bad thing. And I've got news for you today. The test that you are in today, it's never been intended to stop you. God never intended to stop you in your life. See, the test that you're in today, the problem that you're facing, your problem is your pathway to your promotion. It's your pathway to your promotion. The very thing that you've been avoiding 
at the end of the day is the thing that's going to take you to the next level in your relationship with God. And see, without the test, you'll never become what God really wants you to be. You want to know why? Because he understands that the tests are hard. And the tests that you're facing right now always involve some task that you've got to accomplish. And see, we're confused by tasks because people use people to accomplish tasks most of the time. See, God uses tasks to finish people. And God is trying to finish a work inside of you right now that can only complete it in you going through your test. But today you need to know that that test isn't a problem. It's actually a pathway to your promotion to take you to the next level in your relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you. And I know right now that that a lot of people are facing problems that are out there. And a lot of their problems seem overwhelming. They're frustrating. They're difficult. And, and right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're out there today and you're facing a problem. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's a relational problem. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe it's a spiritual problem. Maybe it's a, an emotional problem. I don't know what it is today. But this is what I do know is that God wants to meet you right where you are. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're facing a problem today, if you just slip your hand up real quick, I'd like to pray for you. Yeah, people's hands going up all over the place because we all got problems. God, I just pray right now for every single person that raised their hands in this place that your Holy Spirit would meet them right where they are, that they would realize that the difficulties that they're facing today is the way that they need to go, God, that they feel like, man, I made a wrong turn somewhere, I'm doing something wrong. No, 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 a lot of times the, the very thing that we're facing that is difficult right now is the way that you've provided for us, and we have got to fight through that issue. We've got to fight through that thing to get to the other side of where you're trying to take us. And so, God, I pray today that you would lead in God, that God, as we do everything that we would do, that we wouldn't settle and just say, God, I need you to provide a miracle, but we would take every step that we know to take and after we've exhausted that, that God, you would show up in a miraculous way and do what only you can do. I thank you that, man, God, you're trying to tip the scales in our favor today. And a lot of us haven't seen it that way, but today is the day that we start to. We don't have to look at this as a negative, but this is actually the very best thing that could happen to us because we know that it's test day now, and now we know what it takes to pass the test. God, I pray that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the faith, that you would give us the endurance to pass the test today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.